Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda Woulda Shoulda where I focus on not living in regret and forming high functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Hello world, Shelly Shearer here and welcome to the show. I've had one of those weeks that is once again proof that you can't escape destiny, (laughs) even remotely. Or the universe when it just says, you know what, you asked and I'm trying to answer. So here it is. And sometimes it feels, I got to say, like a baseball bat to the head. So first off, I want to say I'm back in my old office, which I have have was my office since the day we moved into this house four and a half years ago. But as I've mentioned probably to my regular listeners, I bribed my husband with it uh, six or seven months ago in order to steal his office downstairs, which is actually a small bedroom in order to turn it into a bedroom for students uh, so we could take on a third student. So my bribery to I'm taking away your office because he didn't want to be upstairs was, okay, you can have mine and then you can have mine as your TV room and I went upstairs. Now, there was some real positives to that decision thinking, okay, you know what? Upstairs is sort of my space. It's um, We live in a two-level home and upstairs is not very large actually. It's just a small two-bedroom, 1,100 square foot but it's self-contained. You cannot get to it from the rest of the house without going outside. So although my whole main floor of my house downstairs has my office and the family TV room, I also have three students' private space and a, a kitchen and a half down here that's used for storage and a bar kitchen. Just really versatile space. I mean, it's certainly nothing like my old home that I custom built many years ago. And uh, it's not the entertaining space that that space was, but it serves a different purpose in our lives now. And if I could just make a note for you to embrace that, change is good. Change is really good for a lot of reasons. Um, You can't grow without change. So if you are very stuck in, you know, one way of thinking of things or that you're on a plan and when that plan changes, you're having anxiety and stressing out. I really, really encourage you to take a step back and say, hey, these doors open for a reason. What's going on? Or these doors close for a reason. Why? What's going on? I know it's very tough to be patient. I, of all people on the planet, understand that because I am the most impatient person I swear that I know. At least that's what my husband will tell you as well. It is not my natural state of being patience. I am a get it done find a way to get it done and why aren't we getting it done kind of a person there's just there's just no two other ways to describe me so going upstairs I embraced it because I do actually embrace change my husband loathes it just loathes it so moving him really and truly 10 feet down a hallway and that wasn't even barely 10 feet I'm only five foot four it's barely two lengths of my head uh, to toe ratio I moved literally one door down in the house into this beautiful big open space But Keith doesn't really work at home full-time. I do. (laughs) Plus, I needed to do content and things, and he doesn't do these things. Anyways, after a few months of realizing I was feeling a lot like I was very isolated in a cave upstairs, even my kids, um, when I say my kids, my my renters that are like my kids, uh, 
you know, they're thrilled I'm back downstairs because they as well said, we never see you when you're up there, mom. Like you just disappear up there. You work all day and then you're tired and you just don't even come downstairs. So they haven't been super happy about the change either. But I thought it would be a good change. It's sort of my quiet space. No one hangs out out there and watches TV. You know, it's just, it's just a different kind of space up there. But actually, in fact, what was happening was I felt very, it was very small room. I didn't have space for all my clients and my bookkeeping business, their paperwork. So it's always on floors or laying all over the bottom bunk bed, which means I couldn't use the bunk bed unless I was quickly doing this huge cleanup every week. It was, I'm not going to lie, it just really, after a few months, and once I got my head out of my butt, I realized it wasn't working for me. But that's okay. Guys, when things are not working in your life, that is okay. Because as long as you can stand still, and reflect, I can guarantee you a new answer or a new situation will present itself as it did here. So the other thing that was missing in that particular space is I couldn't create content for YouTube channels and things like that because that space wasn't conducive to my backgrounds, the lighting, the cameras, that sort of thing. It just didn't work up there. So in a moment of I'm very unhappy here, my husband, bless his heart, said, honey, take your office back. Because I just went to him and said, I need to find a solution. It may mean going outside of the house and finally renting office space. Um, or we actually have two kind of rooms downstairs. One's the student room, one's the family TV room. Well, we've got multiple TVs in this house. Man Cave's got one out in my husband's garage. The kids have got one on their side. There's one in the downstairs guest room down here. There's one in my office. I was thinking, you know what? Do we really need the large family TV room? Maybe I'll just open that all up because it's the only room that's got light besides my office down in this in the uh, main floor. The main floor of the house, if you're wondering why I say it's dark, is the front is ground level, but the back is not. It's all been dug out and it's got retaining walls and, and concrete, you know, patios and everything, but you still walk up six steps to get to the yard. So I am, when I'm sitting in my office, my garden is eye level with the bottom of my window. People that renovated years ago dug it all out and, and you know, created really a great space. It was there. It was always an office back here from the, from the time the reno happened many, many years ago. So he was like, absolutely not. That is, just take your office back. I'll be fine upstairs. Now, it's funny how things work out. And this is what this podcast is about. Just a few things I want to point out. How the universe just steps in. I did not demand or beg for my office back for my husband. I came to him saying, I have a problem and I need to help you help me find a solution. And these are the options I'm thinking of. He just offered. I didn't even, my taking my other, my office back wasn't even an option. He offered it. Problem solved. I wasted a whole lot of worry on what the answer was going to be. And I didn't even need to. But what was interesting is that for my husband as well, although he hates change, so I moved the offices. I didn't even ask him to help. He just, honestly, he can't cope with that kind of stuff. He went off and did something in the yards. I moved him. And really, it wasn't that much because there was still so much of my life down here other than our computers, like what we use in our actual work life and personal life. Electronics was really the most of it. I'm leaving the file cabinet upstairs and a bunch of other things that really are easier to access for us. Like I have this little drawer thing that a filing cabinet where I put stuff in that has our travel documents, all that kind of stuff. Do you know what? They needed to be upstairs anyways. Um, filing cabinet staying there. I was just, there's a bookshelf in both rooms. I just swapped the contents. So really it was like half a day and I had everything moved and, and set up. Wi-Fi works in all the places. But what's happening now with some of his 
changes of habits because my husband's sort of been making an effort to get a little healthier. He's got a new doctor. He hasn't had a doctor in almost a decade. Had, you know, some tests done. He's looking after some health issues he's got to pay a little closer attention to. And his routine is up kitchen protein shake in the morning now, check his office out the door. Well, he can do that now all on one floor. So in actual fact, this has worked out really well for his routine. And I talk about routines because habits and routines are very important to being successful and happy. They can really make a difference on how you manage and function in your life. That's why I do this podcast. So we're not living in regret. So we have high functioning habits. So you can look at life a slightly different way. You can change your mind. Was he pro this? No, he knew his wife needed a change and needed what she had back again from the past. My office downstairs is a large room. It is bright. So I am staring into my gardens. I have lots of light, which I need as a person. I suffer from seasonal disorder terribly. And I live in a, in a part of the country that is gray three months of the year. So those kind of things are very important to me. I also now realize as much as I thought it would be nice going from my bedroom to my office every morning, I actually do enjoy changing floors just stepping out, leaving my home and coming down to my office. Plus I run a treatment center out of this room and I still had to do that even though it was Keith's office because that's, this is where everything was. And now I'm back to, this is my space so they can meet me at the front door and come through into the office. And you know, it's just all my space. My products are here. It's all just very nice for both of us, but it was just interesting how it sort of fit into his lifestyle, even though he was, wasn't really pro it. He did it because he loves me, but actually Keith is a sales rep and he has a, an office in his office at work is what I mean. An office in his work location. So he's not dealing with paperwork like I'm dealing with with multiple clients. So quite honestly, him being upstairs, that room is 100% neater because he just has his desk. I've cleaned out everything off the floor, off the bunk beds, out of the corners and brought them back to my working space. And it's just this lovely, attractive, beautiful leather chair at a glass, beautiful glass top table that was, I don't even know where we got it. I think it came from old renters that is just beautiful. Um, but I didn't have any place to use it. And his computers are on it and he stares right out a nice big window into our front gardens. He is actually, he probably might not even admit it yet, he's thrilled. So his routine is really simplified. He doesn't have to keep coming downstairs in the morning like if he doesn't want to because we also are entering the rainy season which drives him crazy. Me, I just keep an umbrella at each back door and up and down the stairs I go all day long. It's just, I am totally fine with that. He moved just as the weather was changing into these offices and hadn't really experienced that. Well, the rains have started in September here. All right, so this is kind of interesting. Now, for me, the universe stepped in, answered my problems. It's made a better routine for, for Keith. The other thing that happened this week was I have been very, very nervous about my first speaking engagement next Tuesday. I know I've spoken on it many times or I've mentioned it many times. And the universe stepped right in and smacked me upside the head. And here's what happened. I think I need to do an, an actual podcast on this actual day or the circumstances around what happened last Wednesday. But just to give you a wee bit of background, my husband and I are involved in a lawsuit. 14 years ago, we did an investment. Now we had done a number of real estate investments in the years of our 
20 years together and we've been married 17 about 18 or 19 of those 18 of those years we have done real estate investing we have purchased places and flipped them we started with um, well I had my townhouse I put a renter in it moved on to family acreage for a number of years saved up to build and designed a new home we bought the family home off his mom when she wanted to consolidate with her sister onto uh, her daughter onto acreage we put Keith lived there before we were married had a renter on the second floor we eventually sold that went over to Euclid on the island did four investments over there um, so yeah you know what but they were all things where we purchased outright and either rented or flipped and for the first time ever we were looking for something now after a few years in Lake Country where my husband likes to fly fish we would just stop in and just poke around and we were just always open always investigating always curious and unfortunately across our path came just the biggest narcissistic jerk on the planet I swear who truly just believed he could get away with it so in this particular instance we invested in something that we were shareholders we did not own the unit outright so we invested with these people they ended up being absolute crooks stole our money uh, bankrupted the project on purpose and then had it sold into receivership to business people they knew which in turn sold it off pocketed all the cash split the proceeds we have proof of all this now and these two people have actually got, been convicted and gone to jail it's all the other people involved the legal firms the banks and everything that should never have done business with him because he was what we call sanctioned by a number of governing bodies in this province in this country that he was never allowed to do real estate now unfortunately 14 years ago life was isn't as easy with Google just you know type in someone's name and boom there's all their you know dirty laundry we did not know he was sanctioned by Redma Securities Commission and Vicom that he was not allowed to do real estate otherwise we wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole but we did and a lot of other and I hate to say it we may not have been the most savvy investors but a lot of other very savvy investors also got taken by this person and uh, he was charming as all get out but like I say uh, an absolute narcissist he truly believed he was smarter than us that he could get away with this and we just have been pit bulls and have just not let it go so we went to court on Wednesday after four years and hundreds of thousands of dollars by a whole group of us spent on legal fees asking for documentation that would prove our case from the other defendants in this lawsuit and it was never supplied well it's been a really stressful summer I think I might have mentioned this lawsuit a couple of times because things kept happening at the very last minute you know where I was not coping well with what was required and legal documentation does not come easy for me numbers they actually I have a bit of a gift for it I recognize that I was younger I run with it I make a living out of it and have for most of my life but legal documentation and jargon and that whole game of deception and word usage not my thing not my forte and I it is a game I, I do understand that and I don't like it so that was part of the deal there I say I kept telling him I don't like it I can't do this well that had to change because we need to win at this the other thing that happened was I wasn't owning my responsibilities in this particular lawsuit we were following the lead of someone else that was doing a lot of the groundwork for us bless her heart and we are so eternally grateful but what it did was make us all lazy because we just sort of followed her lead <laughs> you know whole crew of us there was almost 30 of us at the beginning we just followed her lead because she had a lot more at stake so was doing a lot of the groundwork for us and we would just follow in her footsteps 
big mistake in the past year. That was definitely a big mistake. Why do you ask me? Because back to how the universe hit me with a baseball bat. I've been so nervous about speaking in front of, let me put this very clearly, in front of 50 women who, one, want to be there, are paying to be there, and I'm speaking about my own material. Okay? Really, I shouldn't really be that nervous, but I have let this build up in my mind. Let it. I hope you caught that. I have let this become a bigger issue than it is. What happens Wednesday? There's five of us that are going into this particular court um, room, even though there's more of us involved, to get documentation. We just want a judge to finally tell them they have to give it to us. It is called a notice of claim, or in this particular case, in the legal term for what we went to court for, a notice of application to the courts for what we wanted in our notice of civil claim or related to our notice of civil claim, okay, which is still ongoing. Now, this could have gone very poorly because if we had got a really snarky judge, we as self-representing people could made so many mistakes in our notice of application, we actually could have been shut down, thrown out of court and said, hey, don't come back. But one of the beautiful things about being Canadian is that we have a constitutional right to access the legal system without legal representation. It is a fundamental part of our legal system in this country. However, the unfortunate part that our system is still very broken and the fact that actually getting that is more than the average person can cope with. I'm not, I'm just going to yeah, call a spade a spade. It really is more than the average person can take on because it's daunting the things you need to know. Well, the five of us went into court on Wednesday, but two people were phoning in from Alberta, another province in my country. And we really felt as the plaintiffs, that that was not going to hold a lot of impact to the judge, that we really needed, since we were all there face to face, we needed to make it face to face. Well, as you can imagine, I'm fairly outgoing and, and uh, I like to talk. And my husband, <laughs> bless his little black heart, volunteered me first thing in the morning. Now, the good thing was I went to bed knowing something wasn't going to play out the way we wanted. I went to bed and I've done a, you know, a lot of reading lately. I've been talking about some of the books I've been listening to. And I'm a big advocate of attracting what you want. So instead of going to bed and reading a bit of a trashy novel that I'm reading or whatever and escaping, I owned the information. I knew we were ill-prepared. The problem is I knew what we were going for, but I wasn't I wasn't versed well enough in the documentation that should I be questioned, I was very scared and pretty clear that I would not be able to bring the information to mind to answer anybody's cross-examination or questions from the bench. That is just really, quite honestly, I hate to admit it, how a little bit ignorant I had let myself get over the past, well, we've been, six years really as this has kind of been going on on or off almost eight years 2016 is when things are um 20 2006 is when it started and we realized in uh 2010 we had a problem so what happens we decide we need a, a person my husband volunteers me the person that has been helping us all along is not one of the defendants in this particular court case this day she actually was going to court the very next day with her claim however she was in the gallery with us she was allowed in the courtroom with us because it's it's open and she says, you need to get up right away and jump start addressing the court because the other side will. And she was right. They did. It was very daunting. That's why I think it'll be an interesting podcast. I think like I did the one that time on, um, 
on network marketing. I think I might have to do this on something to do with the court system in, in BC, my experience so far anyways, because there's a lot of little things that I think might help people that uh, I didn't know and I got very lucky. So sure enough, the judge enters and we have, you know, I've watched enough TV and we were uh, um, coached enough to know to, to stand, to bow, how to address. I mean, we got the kind of that respect part down pat, but boy, there was a lot we didn't know. And sure enough, one of the other lawyers, the place is full of lawyers, by the way, they're all just sitting in the, in the chairs waiting. But one particular lady who brought her own claim to court or application, I mean, jumped right up to the podium to get in first. And I really couldn't interrupt her without being super rude and I had to have respect, but she finished pause and I stood right up and said, your honor, actually it's my lady because we were in a master's chamber. I appreciate what has been said here, but this is our application and we would really appreciate it and ask the court's indulgence if we could go first. And this is why, because we do not believe we need a full day in court. We believe two hours will suffice. We're specifically wanting documents. And thirdly, we can address right out of the gate, the other side's concerns. They want to drag things on for hours with a whole bunch of this, that, and the next thing. And we had already felt that we could address that right out of the gate, which I did problem with that is the judge looked right at me and says, Ms. Shear, I think I'd like you to speak for everybody for the day. I'm like, no, this cannot be happening. I mean, I was so nervous standing up, but something a very dear friend of mine, you hear me talk about Beertra a lot because she uh, is one of my biggest supporters and my best sounding board. And she gives me a lot of constructive criticism. Doesn't make it all positive. It's constructive, which is what I ask her for. And she was telling me, about Tuesday, not about the court case at all. She was giving me some advice because she speaks in front of people all the time. She's in, um, she goes to Surrey Council. That's what she does for a living. She deals with um, urban planning and she is making presentations to large groups of people all the time. And she gave me some pointers for Tuesday. And one of the things she mentioned is the butterflies will come. You're going to be nervous. You're going to feel nauseous. You're, you're just going to let them come except that this is just an emotion that you're that just observe it that your body is having this emotional reaction you're having anxiety but don't try and block it now her thing was because if you do nine times out of ten it's going to pop up in the middle of your presentation and you're going to freeze and forget what you're talking about so i took that to heart i took that to heart so much that i combined it with my belief system in going to sleep with whatever's on your mind that you want the universe to work on for you by going to bed, accepting that there was a good chance I was going to have to speak the next day and to accept that I did not know the material as well as I would have liked, but we had to get through this day regardless. And I got to tell you, there can never be, I do not think again, anything as nerve wracking as that day was. So Tuesday's actually looking pretty calm for me right now. I'm not going to lie because it was crazy six hours in front of a judge trying to answer questions presenting our case for all of us when I wasn't really as clear as I should be and trying to show as much respect for protocol as I could in fact when I first got up I begged the judge's forgiveness right out of the gate explained you know we are we are self-represented this is not our we are not professionals and please correct me or or stop me if I've made a mistake and the judge was so cute she was like um, Monsieur, that actually is my job. I will absolutely correct you, which is true. But there was just this part of me that just, I just was a little bit like throwing myself on the mercy of the court of if I'm, if I'm an idiot, I am apologizing in advance. 
And I have to say, I think she appreciated it. Something I heard after the fact was just as a segue, guys, is these judges get so used to just seeing the lawyers in court, they never see the faces behind the claims because plaintiffs and defendants are not showing up in court like they used to in the old days. The lawyers show up and do the garbly goop, and we were all right there. Three of us at the table, one in behind, two on the phone. It was very clear that we were so far out of our element, but it was also very clear that we felt 14 years later that we had a very, very strong case for fraud and that, you know, there were people involved that had already gone to jail for this. Wasn't like it was, was there fraud? No, there absolutely wasn't. It has been proven. The question now is how complacent were the other people as professionals? They should not have done business with him. They were actually, it was illegal for them to do business with them. You know, what can, how can we deal with this? So that was, I do not believe lost in the judge, but I have to say, that was the universe saying, well, you seem to really be putting a lot of stress on something that some opportunity that's small and I have given to you and you know what you're talking about. So well, I'm going to go dump you in the deep end of something where it is much larger in, in stress. You don't know what you're talking about and you weren't expecting and we're going to see if you sink or swim. Oh, I tell you, when the adrenaline drained out of me at 4.30 in the afternoon, I started to shake. My stomach started to growl before the end of the other lawyer. Like, for instance, I mentioned we got to go first. They got to go second. So they nattered on all afternoon after we were all tired and blah, blah, blah. And it was like it went on for two hours. And by then I've calmed down. The judge made it very clear that she was not going to let me address anything of theirs for time because of time, which, you know what? she could have dismissed us all and we would have all had to go back another day. And we really just felt that we had put so much time, money, and energy into this so far. We just wanted something. And as it turned out, three sets of documents that we've been asking for for four years were all emailed to us the night before by the defendants because they just wanted to look good in front of the judge and we were just thrilled they did. Two points were conceded within three minutes of being in court after I made my opening statement and she awarded us three more. There were 11 items. We came back after the first recess when she realized I needed help to rally because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to just chat with the people beside me. And we came back and struck four things right off the agenda and said, we respect the time of the, of the court. We, we can come back for these things later, but these are the things we really need. And she worked with that. And despite the fact that she told me it wasn't her job to train me, she spent pretty much the whole day schooling me and educating, educating me so that the next time I go back, I'm very clear on what's needed. And again, I cannot mention who that judge is. It is inappropriate for me to ever make contact with her or send anything through the system. But I would just love to, for all of my listeners, I would like to show incredible gratitude for that situation because that could have gone so clearly the other direction. And the other people, their stuff was actually dismissed out of court. Um, she dismissed it all where we, some of our things were just granted or stayed. And by the way, that's a good thing. So this experience taught me that, you know, be careful what you're scared of. Be careful what you ask for, because if you are truly open and wanting the universe to teach, you know, if you are ready and the teacher needs to appear, the universe is going to answer. And it answered with a resounding crash, let me tell you, in my life this past week. So that's what I wanted to chat about uh, in the fact that, you know, when, when you are ready to make changes, sometimes they will come fast and furious. Other times you may wonder exactly what you're waiting for. But here's a good example. Just one more thing before I let you all go. 
Last night, friends of ours came up for a fire pit and I just wandered out for a quick hour. My girlfriend came up with her husband. The boys can hang out there all night, but I was really tired and wasn't feeling very social. But I wanted to go say hi to my girlfriend and her little dog was attacked by coyotes and almost killed this past week. So I hadn't seen my little Jetson and he was up to see me. So I went out and she was telling me about work this past week. This past year, she took a new job at, the, at what we call the city. She works for the city of Vancouver. And it was really unfortunate with her 30 years of experience that she didn't get the job she was looking for. They put it an absolute rookie in the job, which has been terrible for them, but nothing she could do about it. And she took another position, a lateral move that has been boring her out of her mind. And she's been very frustrated. She knew she needed a change. She made the change, not the one, the ultimate one, but she made a change. She just knew that where she was before wasn't cutting it. And when she got passed over for the promotion in that division, she said, okay, then you know what? That's my sign. I'm just going to move. And she did. And has sat wondering, what next? And this past week, what next came resounding with a very loud, loud, uh, large clang as well. Something she never even saw coming. Something that they are actually going to a job that she may have 30 years experience in, but does not have what, a certain thing in the formal training for the job. And they're going to put her through it. It is challenging. It speaks to her strengths and she couldn't be happier. But that took a year. That didn't happen overnight. So like I say, that said at the beginning, patience is a virtue. But never ever despair sometimes when a door closes. There's been many times in my life, especially when I was younger, that God closed doors. Doors I was very angry about at the time. But later in life realized, oh, thank God. Because sometimes... Not getting what you ask for is the blessing. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today, and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.